Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the third quarter 2023 Von Nelson Select Recap. And with me today is Lead Senior Portfolio Manager, Scott Weber. And with that, Scott, I will turn things over to you. Thanks, Tim. Um, no way to cut this. It was an unpleasant quarter. Uh, the market was down and we were down a little bit more. Uh, market was down both in August and September. And for our part, uh, selection was poor, and so we trailed the index. And we'll, we'll get we'll get to why there, that was. Um, large cap outperformed smalls yet again. Uh, we did see a beginning of a little bit of rotation. Uh, the artificial intelligence trade began to slow a little bit, but the GLP-1 agonists are still wreaking havoc on anything healthcare-related that, that and that's extending, by the way, all the way now to Walmart, uh, having made comments on on Ozempic and Jaro and the like uh, impacting sales. But uh, that that said, the market, uh, broadly speaking, is still seeming to wait on a recession that hasn't officially been been cleared, declared yet, or is not necessarily here. Uh, inflation is a little bit above target still, but certainly well off its recent peak. If you look to uh, to our performance. Uh, from a contribution perspective, uh, energy and, and communication services were the only sectors with positive contribution during the quarter. Real estate and utilities led the decline. Uh, that, I think, is largely attributable to the, to the rise in real rates. Uh, the tech rally that we saw in June and July really kind of faded. So flipping to attribution, as we mentioned, select lag the index from an attribution perspective is mainly due to one name, and we'll get to that one. Uh, industrials, energy, and consumer discretionary were, were positive. They led the way. Uh, staples, technology, and utilities uh, slowed the relative performance. And uh, the, the one name that, that was a real negative uh, contributor or detractor, I guess you'd say, was responsible for well over half of the uh, selection effect. Um, cash levels are back to normal. Sector leadership shifted away from the AI trade towards energy, uh, and that was even before uh, the the I don't know if it's a war officially, but the the, the conflict that's going on in Israel with with Hamas uh, during the quarter, our trading activity was a little bit busier. We we bought about six companies, we sold you know three slash four. One of them didn't didn't fully get done by the end of the quarter. Uh, we added to a few attractive names on weakness, harvested a few gains, a few, a few names with, with gains, um, and then. Uh, but you know, we, we keep teasing this name that that hurt. We excised a cancer in, in selling uh, Dollar General. Um, <clears throat> so just a quick note on that particular company. It's a name we've owned for a while. We've made some money in. Uh, they had they're, they're they're a little off cycle with respect to calendar quarter reporting. So when they reported first quarter, there were some signs of danger. Uh, when they reported second quarter, those were. <clears throat> they were demonstrably confirmed, and we didn't we didn't wait around. We didn't uh, stand on any sort of um, intellectual high ground. We 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 are humble, and we knew that we were wrong there, so we sold it. Quick quick couple of notes on what's going on there. This is a business that's grown nicely, both on a four wall basis, but also a number of stores throughout the United States. In our opinion, they're the better operator in the dollar store space. Um, there are a lot of reasons to like them, and they've got a good long track record. All that said, they were over-earning largely you know, post-COVID uh, as, as mix improved a higher margin product, and they were the direct beneficiaries of federal stimulus. As that abated, the notion of having to begin to pay interest on your student loans again um, and other 
macroeconomic, I'd say, headwinds to them begin to rear their heads, you might think that, that because of the lower cost model that they're a bit of a gift and good and that they have a, a more trade down or, or the management would say trade in to their stores from other stores. You didn't get as much of that and, and certainly through the year you didn't really have gasoline prices increase up and until uh, really more recently. And so fewer reason to go to them for convenience. You're probably driving right past $2 generals on the way to Walmart to do your shopping. In addition to that, it's our contention that they've sort of outgrown the management oversight in as much as you feel like we've got uh, security, cleanliness, layout, all sorts of issues at stores. Um, this is, this is a, management's going to have to go and retrench and, and look at the problem and figure out what is delaying or, or slowing down traffic growth. Is it because they've got uh, stores with no security and therefore people have been injured? Is it because some of the stores they've been shown to have uh, different prices at the register versus uh, versus the shelf or, or water cases, as one uh, recent article pointed out, blocking fire exits. And enough about that. The, the point is there, you know, if you operate each one of these stores with maybe one person working plus a manager, it, it, they, they just can't keep doing that. Uh, traffic will fade, uh, and, that, and that's what we've seen. Shrinkage has grown. Uh, mix has not improved. They're, they're shifting some capital to, to including more fresh, which is to say mostly produce and things like that. That you, you got to have traffic to support that because at the margin, first of all, a banana spoils, whereas toothpaste takes years to spoil. And, and second of all, um, you know, you're going to get a better margin on the toothpaste. So all that said, um, nobody's, nobody's standing on um, any, any sort of intellectual high ground here. We, uh, we recognized the folly of our way by continuing to own it. We sold it. It continued to go down. Um, having said all of that, we like the company. There is a little bit of a transition in management, although internally sourced within the last roughly 18 months, the CEO and the CFO have both uh, uh, been promoted again internally. Usually that's kind of a flag to keep your eyes on things. All this put together, it's a good company. It's a good management team. They'll get their arms around it. We just don't think they're going to do it in the next, it won't be done within the next year, let's say it that way. So we moved on. Uh, <clears throat> with respect to our ideal list, it's growing appreciably. We've got a couple of names in the hopper that show real promise. Um, we continue, you know, looking for names with resilience and the ability to accelerate their internal investment track. Uh, our positioning currently is, is we think, favorable. We like it. Uh, if we're wrong, like in the case that we just referenced, we will act. We will act quickly. Uh, and, and certainly to the extent that the other side of that coin is we get the chance to put the capital into a place that makes the portfolio better, we're going to not, not slow down to make that opportunity or to realize that opportunity as well. Looking at the characteristics of the portfolio, we currently have 29 positions. Uh, the exposures are very consistent with our typical profile. Active share, you know, certainly above 80%. Higher ROE and ROA versus the index. Uh, the market cap skews just a little bit smaller than the index. Um, I think uh, our average market cap is about $412 billion versus the Russell 3000 at least is 545 The S&P is uh, somewhere around the same number. Um, our valuation statistics skew a little bit above an index despite uh, our value DNA, and, and I think that comes largely from the fact that we don't own any banks, and that's going to be the biggest detractor, or the, the smallest 
multiple and from a, from a industry space within the index. Looking next to the factors that contributed to performance, uh, we were underweight the value factor. I think that goes back to that multiple point we just made. Given the fact that there was a drawdown during the quarter, that took away from our relative performance. That's pretty typical, and, and it's a result from the, from the process with respect to how we invest. We are <clears throat> slightly underweight tech, although less so now. That during the quarter uh, detracted from performance, and it offset some of the relative gains that we had from also being underweight healthcare, consumer discretionary, and industrials. Um, we are still, uh, based on the factor work, showing more diversification than the benchmark. Again, and we say this every quarter because it's been the case for a couple of years now, the top end of the index has a lot of mega cap tech. And even though one company, like say for example, Amazon is a consumer discretionary, whereas Microsoft is information technology, um, and uh, Alphabet and, and, and Meta are both uh, communication services. Said differently, you've got different sectors, but essentially you've got very similar underlying factors. And so that's why uh, we, 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 we don't have the, the concentration in all of those names, and that's why we, we show better diversification. The tracking error of about, um, of, you know, of active risk at 3.92% is, is, I think, entirely appropriate. And stock-specific risk taken accounts for nine, nine, over, right at 90% of the active risk in the portfolio. And uh, here again, from a factor perspective, um, calling out Dollar General just because it was outsized with respect to the performance during the quarter. Looking next to macro, again, said it last quarter, we'll say it again, still waiting for Godot. The recession that everyone thinks is coming still hasn't happened, although economic statistics today seem a little necessarily weaker than, the, than they have been. Certainly growth has slowed. Um, you've got less narrow market performance and a little more rotation from a sector standpoint within the equity markets. Um, stock markets are still behaving a little bit like inflation has already peaked. Uh, there's a, a question of when, how fast uh, can we reach a, a, a target rate from a policy perspective. Um, we're recording this you know, in October and we've got a CPI print today that suggests that there's still a bit more inflation uh, that, or at least it exceeds the policy target or the, the target range. And so that coupled with, even though it's slower growth, there, there are job growths, unemployment's not a problem. Uh, probably the Fed's not riding to the rescue yet. Um, despite the fact that uh, you've had recent, what we call externalities, right? I mean, you had um, Hamas break the wall and come into Israel and it's a very sad situation there. I will say from an economic standpoint, that, i.e. war, and also the strikes that you see uh, around the United Auto Workers, et cetera, those things tend to be inflationary. So we kind of put that in our mix with respect to uh, economic forecast. So all this said, when the recession comes, if it comes, it's not going to surprise anybody, which begs the question already already positioned from it from a market perspective, and I'll leave that to you to ponder. Um, the other macro comment during the quarter is, you had real dollar strength and real rates were rising. Uh, that presumably means that uh, maybe you had some redemptions from non-U.S. investors. I, I don't know, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, think, I think that covers it on macro. From a market valuation perspective, not much different than last quarter, maybe a little bit richly valued. Uh, that's not to say that valuation disparity does not exist. 
You can find it. Uh, we're finding ideas. Uh, the rotation that we called for last quarter really began. You know, energy took the lead there. Um, we, in that space, continue to think that we're undersupplied. And even though there might be high-minded ideals towards reducing our dependence on hydrocarbons, that's not something that happens overnight. Uh, and so, we're, we're, you know, you can't have, I've, I've heard it said by others, you can't have an energy transition without first having energy security. And we're undersupplied there. So uh, we, we added to that space, and, and, and ideally we'll, we'll see a good return for that effort. Um, debt issuance has really been fine. The IPO market was open, but you know if you look at the most recent big IPO, which was uh, Birkenstock, it you know sold well, and then as soon as it started trading, it opened lower. And when I last looked, it, it wasn't trading up, but that's only been a day or so. So too early to call it on that one. With respect to positioning, despite a busier quarter, the the old the posture is not altogether different. Um, our beta is a little bit closer to the index, but still less than one. Um, we, we think that you know, we've got a similar to better return profile than an index with less risk. And I think that that lends itself to why we think the, the, the posture of the portfolio is a little bit conservative. So you might infer what our views are, at least parts unsaid based on that, on that comment. Uh, the market's still looking for leadership. It's had some rotation. Energy kind of took the took the ball and ran with a little bit this quarter. And unless and until we get a real clarity or an official call on things like a recession or a shift in um, policy from uh, from the Fed and other you know the global central banks, you know the stimulus we saw from China recently was not terribly surprising. In fact, if anything, it was a little disappointing based on the fact that it's more infrastructure and less consumer related. You're still in that sort of middle ground, and we're going to keep keep our eye on the ball and and, and behave as much as uh, as that middle ground dictates we should. And with the eye towards compounding uh, at a mid-teen rate over the longer arc by finding great businesses today. So it's business as usual, and uh, we'll keep at it. And with that, I'll hand it back to you, Tim. All right, good deal. Thank you, Scott. Um, and with that, we'll jump right into returns. So in the third quarter of 20, 2023, the Von Nelson Select Strategy returned negative 4.75% gross, negative uh, 5% even on a net. That's versus the S&P at negative 3.27%, which brings the year-to-date return for the Select Strategy to 10.75% gross, 9.94% net and the S&P 500 at 13.07. The uh, three-year number is 13.63% gross for select, 12.51% net, and 10.15 for the S&P 500. The five-year number is 11.49% gross, 10.38% net, and the S&P 500 is at 9.92%. Uh, the 10-year number for Von Elson Select is 13.3% gross, 12.17 net, and 11.92 for the S&P 500. Um, and with that, we will wrap up the third quarter. So thank you very much, Scott, um, and we'll catch you again uh, in a couple months. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts 
presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.